With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I don't want to hear about they they reached. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear it. It's not fair to the teams because this is a draft that is all reaches. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Vs, and I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos, as it is a very, very special day, Michael Lombardi. Draft day is yeah. here. We're going to pick some players tonight. I, I can't wait, although I got to tell you, last night I had one of my best experiences here in Las Vegas. I, I got to have dinner in, over at the plaza. Mm. with the former mayor, Oscar Goldman. And uh, was, the Goodmans, yeah. The Goodmans, excuse yeah. me, I'm sorry. And it was incredible. He told stories about Las Vegas, and there was, I don't know, 50, 60 people in attendance. It was, I guess he does this every once in a while at the Steakhouse Oscars at the Plaza. Mm-hmm. It was incredible, Femi. I mean, it was really the history, and he talked about all the, you know, the the, the Goombas he kind of <laughs> hung out with and who he represented <laughs> and who he defended and... Tony Spilatro from casinos and, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. So it was, to me, what a way to kick off. You know, anytime you can kick off with mobsters for draft week, it's really pretty good. So I was excited. I mean, it's been a great mobster vacation for me. I got the yeah, Mob yes. Museum. I got Oscar Goodman. I mean, it's pretty good. You've been going on a restaurant tour as well. Oh, here in yeah. Las Vegas, I mean, I got to go home and get, get back on my diet. I mean, I'm getting <laughs> killed out here eating late at night. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I mean I got to get back to Jersey and just get my mouth sewn together, you know, get my, my jaw wired shut. I believe Oscars, uh, they filmed the restaurant scene out there from Casino at Oscars. I believe they so, did, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I was told, so... Cool, I still haven't been yet. I need to go there. It's yeah, on my bucket list. Yeah, I mean, it, it was... Uh, it, he was, he was, you know, he's an older gentleman, very, mm-hmm. very still on top of his game, telling stories, you know, making wisecracks, kind of no holes barred, you know, telling the truth and uh, and talking about all the things that have happened in Las Vegas over the years and how this kind of has grown and who ran the town and how it all changed. It, it's really fascinating. Yeah. The city has certainly seen some stuff here. And well, you've got characters in this town. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just spend one afternoon and you'll find it. You can walk down Fremont, you'll find some characters. But let's talk about what everybody is here yeah. for. NFL Draft Day. Yes. We're going to pick some players later tonight. All 31 of the first round picks. Not 32 because, you know, we got to slap the Dolphins on the hand for that little tampering thing they did last year. But we're going to find out who's going to go number two overall. And we've seen some Shoot, We don't movements. even know who's going one yet. I mean, God, well, hey, hey, don't, I mean, don't do that to me, man. We're, we're invested in Bryce Young, buddy. I know don't, we don't, are. Don't, I love don't, that. I mean, don't I, dip your toe in the yeah, water. I'm not doing that. But I mean, yeah. to me, what are we waiting on? Yeah. Like, I think it's symbolic for teams to say, okay, he's our guy. 
you know, I, I, I don't know what the drama is behind it. TV show. But we all know it. I think we all kind of have a sense of it, right? Like, it's not a yeah. surprise. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't Geraldo going in the Al Capone vault here, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I wish they would just announce it. It sounds like I know I saw the tweets from Tom Pelissero earlier saying that like all indications are it's going to be Bryce Young. Hopefully it's not reminiscent of the NBA draft where Wojnarowski said that all indications are Jabari Smith and then it wasn't. We're hoping that's not what happens here because well, there's a little bit of deja vu that happened this yeah. morning when I woke up and saw that tweet. I mean, tweet. look, uh, there's no way that you could trade all those assets and not it be Bryce Young. I mean, for me, I mean, if they did that then to me, that's, I, I can't imagine David Tepper would do that. Like trade all those assets and pick Will Levis. Come on. Really? Yeah. I mean, you didn't, that's not the best quarterback in the Southeast conference. Now, so you have said though, there's people that are some Levis fans in that building. Look, I think the one thing about this draft that's really clear, and I'll remind myself for this is there is so many varying opinions of the players in this draft that you can't criticize anyone for what they do until it's time. Because you may take player Y at 10. I don't want to hear it's too early to take him. I don't want to hear it. Like, it, it's not, it's, this is the eye of the beholder. This is back to the 13 draft where we were in Cleveland. We blew the pick with Mingo. You know, he couldn't play with enough power. But what was the alternative? I mean, when you go through that draft, there, the other land, I mean, Eric Fisher was the first pick overall in that draft. Mm -hmm. You know, DeAndre Jordan was the fourth pick. Uh, you know, he was up there, third pick. Lance Johnson was the best pick. You know, I mean, he was a good player, but there was a there's a lot of blown picks in that draft. And this draft reminds me of that. This draft is more dangerous than the 13 draft because this draft has quarterbacks that are not complete. And so it's one thing to miss on, you know, Jarvis Jones from Georgia like Pittsburgh did or but Mingo like we did in Cleveland. It's another thing to miss on you know, the quarterback, because that really sets you back. I mean, yeah. you can get rid of Jarvis Jones. You can get rid of some of these other guys. But, like, D. Milner, that, I mean, that was a, a bad, bad draft. draft right? E.J. Emanuel was the only quarterback that went and he And he was horrible, right? Yeah. He was horrible. So, like, for me, it was a bad draft. So, I, I, this, is very, this is a more dangerous draft than 13 because you've got the – got the. I'm not putting Bryce Young in this category. you got these other guys that could easily be E.J. Emanuel. And they're definitely tantalizing because quarterbacks are always the apple of these teams. eye because everybody wants to find that next guy to be their signal caller. So we believe Bryce Young is going to be number one. Like I just want to, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm uh, waiting for that to be announced so I can breathe easy, but I believe Bryce Young is going to be the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers at number two, though. This is where it's gotten really, really interesting because at one point there's been some Will Levis smoke. We thought Tyree Wilson. Now the betting market believes it's going to be Alabama pass rusher Will Anderson, who right now at our show sponsor DraftKings is minus 140, the odds on favorite to hear his name called second. Yeah, I mean, there was a time where Will McDonough had every pick on every team, right? That was back in the early 80s, and nobody knows anything. I mean, I'm driving into work. I did Mitch and Pauly this morning at 5 o'clock, and I, I was talking to a coach on the East Coast, and they're convinced that Houston's taking a quarterback mm. because they have to take a quarterback. I think the pressure of the ownership group is forcing them to take one. Will they take one? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. I'm mm -hmm. not saying this is fact and Bible. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. You know, Arizona, they want to move out of three. They would love to move out of three. And if they get stuck, they'll take Paris Johnson, allegedly, okay? But if they move out of three, it would be somebody comes up to get a quarterback. So I don't know really what to believe. And then the Colts, I've been told, they're not going to move. They're going to sit tight and just see what happens. 
So I, I think to me, more than anything, this is a draft of unpredictability. And I don't care what anybody's board says. You can't, I'm not going to criticize. I don't, I'm not, a, I wouldn't pick Anthony. Let me be clear here. I wouldn't pick Will Levis at two. I wouldn't put CJ Stroud at three. I wouldn't pick Anthony Richardson. I would not pick any of these guys in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Be very clear here. But if somebody does it, I'm not going to say that's a dumb pick because the beauty's in the <clears> eye of the beholder. And desperation is, the, is ruling the day today. Yeah. I mean, it's the Rorschach test that we talked about in the last podcast. You see what you want to see. When, yeah, when every, the you know, the one thing I would say about first round draft day is you lie to yourself. You lie to yourself. You, you convince yourself that you can, this player, you're going to get him to do this, this, and this, although there's no evidence of it, that we're going to get this to happen, and then you convince yourself. And then the first minicam happens, and it reinforces what you've convinced yourself because he does a couple things. Oh, my God, he's really good. you know. And then as we start to play games and the volume of work, all of a sudden, two years later, you're like, oh, why do we do that? Well, you, you, mm. you did it because you just lied to yourself. You said at the end of the year, Anthony Richard needs to go back to school, but you picked him fourth overall. You know, you said Will Levis doesn't handle poise under pressure. You picked him three or two. You know, you said C.J. Stroud struggles when the pocket gets dirty, when he has to move around, when it's not pitcher perfect like Ohio State always has it with great offensive line and receivers. And then when he starts to struggle, well, we commit, we lie to ourselves. We just lie to ourselves. Like, I, and I know the desperation of getting a quarterback. I get that. But if you still need one after you select one, how good is that? Looking at the betting market right now, Will Anderson actually just moved to minus 200 to go number two overall. Will Levis is now plus 350. Tyree Wilson, I'm curious to see where he falls into this equation because he's plus 275 to go second overall. If we get Young, number one, Anderson, number two, we'll play along with the betting market. Number three, Cardinals, you said that it might be Paris Johnson. Would they be interested in Tyree Wilson? Because they've been linked to pass rushers for a lot of this process. The Johnson stuff just came up recently here over the last 10 days or so. Well, I think this. I mean, Arizona could take any offensive or defensive lineman, and you can't say they don't need it. I mean, their two needs are offensive and defensive line, and we don't have a pattern of recognition on Monty on what he wants to do. But to me, if he gets stuck, I think he'll take the cleanest player on the board, which is Paris Johnson. You know, Jalen Carter is the best player on the board. It may not be the guy that Monty's going to take a chance on. Everybody's going to get scared to death on character. But I would say this. I think to me, if you're a team picking, you're really going to walk into this draft and you just got to react. You just don't know. Hmm. I mean, I just read a draft, mock draft, Nolan Richardson, Nolan Smith's in the top seven picks. Wow. I can't see that, but I, again, I'm not going to criticize it. Mm-hmm. Somebody might take him and be a Sam linebacker and a nickel rusher. He runs fast. He don't play a lot. But I think you, to me, it's about what's the plan for the player once you get him. Where are we at with Tyree Wilson's medical? Is everything Everybody good tells me it's clean. Okay. He'll be ready for camp. I mean, if I were to say John Schneider's typical player, it would be, it would be this guy. I mean, they signed Jones from Denver as a three technique. Yep. You know, I, I think if you're Pete Carroll – you could easily be into that. I want to get the. I need to move and get the defensive line ready. But remember this: I don't think there was a guy higher on Patrick Mahomes than John Schneider. Mm-hmm. He loved Mahomes and give him credit. He just couldn't get it done. He loved him, and he had Russell and he loved him. And he's from the John. He's from the Ron Wolf School of Scouting, which is we're going to keep scouting. Which I'm from too. Scout the quarterback. Scout the quarterback. Scout the quarterbacks. Would it surprise me if they took one? Yeah, it would. That's a valuable pick. 
I, I get the sense, and this is just completely speculative because all this is speculative. Mm-hmm. I get the sense that the Will Anderson market is moving because we know Nick Cesario would like to move 12 up. Mm-hmm. So if he can move 12 up and still get a player at two and get the quarterback when he moves up, that would be a good thing. So what would it take for him to go from 12 to three? Wow. Maybe go back to back. And then he goes back to back. Why Anderson over Wilson? Is this just the medical and the way Anderson's I have no idea. I mean, for me, again, I'm not an Anderson guy, mm-hmm. but maybe it's just a cleaner player. I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard Wilson all along. Now it's changed to Anderson. But my, my hunch is that if Anderson is the betting market's changed here. Remember, Levis changed his betting market too. <laughs> if Levis is the if, – if it's changed – you know, and he can get the third pick if he can control two and three. Now, what would it take to get that? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be pretty costly. It's going to cost him one of the ones next year that he has. Is it worth doing? Would you give up a one for one of these quarterbacks next year? I wouldn't. Yeah, not the Bryce Young, the non-young quarterbacks. No, especially when the quarterback class next year is better. Yeah. Well, everybody says that all the time. The quarterback class next year is always. When we look at those guys with a critical eye, we'll see if that actually holds up. But as we're speaking right now, this thing continues to move, Michael. I'm looking at the DraftKings app right now. Anderson now minus 250. <laughs> Welcome to draft day, buddy. <laughs> this thing, don't you just love this? I mean, it's my number to eat a hot second. dog at the Southport tonight is minus 250. <laughs> I'm right there with you, buddy. Maybe we'll have a hot dog together at the South Point. We're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans coming up here in this next segment because I'm really interested. That number three pick, do they move up? To get their quarterback there, we'll discuss that next. We're going to take a quick break, though. This is the GM Shuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Oh, don't you just love draft day, Michael? I, I mean, mean, it's amazing, right? Will awesome. Anderson has made this comeback. I mean, it's like unbelievable. <laughs> He's now now he's back what minus three hundred minus three hundred. We were just talking about how he was minus two hundred, minus two fifty. Now minus three hundred to go first or second overall. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think the unpredictability of this draft is really borders on there is no elite player, and the two elite players have some issues: Bryce Young's height, Jalen Carter's <laughs> character. But other than that, I mean, everybody else you, you got a question, and so 
how you manage and how you develop this. It really is very reminiscent of the 13 draft. There's just not a lot mm-hmm. of good play in there. And then when you get, here's the bigger issue in this draft. When you get down to 20 and the board is kind of wiped out of first round, you're picking a second rounder and you're going to have a hard time trading out of 20 to 32 because you, A, you don't want to pick up the fifth year option on a guy that's really a second round value. That's going to be the hard one. And, and I think there'll be more trades to the top of the second, whatever's left up there. But uh, I, for me, I think to me that trading back into the first is going to be a little bit harder because what blue chip player or what first round grade, you would only trade to get back into the first if you had a first round grade left on mm-hmm. a player. Why would you else should you do it? Well, I want to ask or you. Or unless, unless, you know, you needed, like, okay, today we find out Jacksonville, Cam Robinson's going to get suspended for mm-hmm. for performance enhancement drugs. Was it six games, four games? I'm yeah, not that, sure. it's somewhere around there. There's a okay, baseline. Yeah. So, you know, their, their left tackle situation is, and they lose Jawan Taylor too. So now they've mm-hmm. lost two tackles and, and they're devoid of tackles. So the, could, could Balky, who has a history of trading, he's a very... He's a very active GM on draft day. Could he trade up to get the Harrison kid from Oklahoma, who might be the last tackle left on the board? You know, like, does he do that? Or does he pick another tackle that he thinks could be it? Like, they got to fix that need. I mean, they don't have to fix the receiver need. They got Ridley, but they have to fix. I mean, right now they're going to start the season with two tackles questionable. That's not a good spot there. No, it's not. Not when you've got, you got a quarterback who's really developed. I want to ask you this about the trades, though, because a buddy of mine was asking me yesterday, sent me a DM on Twitter saying that, is it because this is a weaker draft, would it be cheaper, not easier, but cheaper for a team to move back into this first round? Because it seems like, like you said, once we get to the 20s, a lot of teams are going to be wiped out of first round players. I feel like those teams are going to be wanting to bail out of there because they don't want to take those guys. Is it maybe (laughs) cheaper to move back in and move up? into this draft because there might not be as many desirable players there? I think that's right. I mean, the draft is an economic market. So when supply and demand are lower, the economics shift, right? Mm -hmm. So this is an economic market. And so you, if you really are desperate to move out of 22, let's say you're going to, you might have to take less. You might, you can't look at the old fashioned chart and say, this is what it is because the team's going to say, well, I really don't want the pick, but I'll do this. And you, your tolerance is now, do you do that? Do you want to do that? How do you want to handle that? Because it's all based on the value. That's what I'm saying. You trade back into the first when you have a guy sitting there at the bottom of the first that you have a, that you have a first, the old proverbial, we never thought he would be there, you know? <laughs> can't wait to hear that tonight. Yeah, we can't wait to hear that. I mean, I don't want to hear that because I don't know how anybody thought anybody's going to be anywhere. We don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm on the phone constantly. I'm like... You know, and I don't know any. I, I think a lot of it, and I'm talking to, to high-ranking people in the league. I mean, I've asked like three general managers in the, in the pick in the top eight, and they. I said, "Well, what do you?" I don't even ask him about their team. I ask him about what do you hear. They don't hear. Any, they don't know. They don't believe anything. And one guy say, "I can't believe that somebody's going to take Tyreek Wilson in the top five with the, with his foot." Okay, I get that, but maybe he wants to take Tyreek Wilson in the first. You know, maybe he wants Tyreek Wilson in the first. You know, maybe no. I don't know. I don't know what is. <laughs> I think everybody is playing their cards so close to the vest. It really does seem like this year, more than any other year we've had in the past, is very unknown. There's so much uncertainty. People are just, it's the cloak and dagger effect. Usually when you get to a draft, there's a consensus of a player. It's fairly obvious to see Jalen Carter's a really good player. Just watch the tape. It's fairly obvious to see Bryce Young is a good player. 
there's moments to see of other players. They're just not consistent enough. And so this is a beauty in the eye of the beholder draft. I didn't think we were going to get five quarterbacks. I still don't. But do you think it's more likely that we do see somebody move back in to get Hendon Hooker because it might be a little bit cheaper to move back into the 20s or so? It could be. I, I, I can't see it being five. There's not five good quarterbacks in this draft. The, to me, this is the minefield that you have to navigate. This is the 13 draft was historically bad. Go through that draft mm-hmm. and through rounds. Go through, it, it was historically bad. It's tough. Okay. And and that didn't have the quarterback flavor to it. When you add the quarterback to a historically bad draft, because eventually it, you the drafts have to kind of get a little bit depleted because of the juniors coming out all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So the draft's going to get a little depleted. So when you add the quarterbacks going early, this has this has a chance to be worse than the 13 draft. If those Ooh. quarterbacks don't hit, if those quarterbacks don't hit, this could be worse. Man, I don't think these teams want to hear that. That because that I mean, thirteen draft, you, there's not a whole lot of. Do you remember when players. that thirteen draft? I mean, Dewey oh, Milner yeah. was supposed to be great. Sheldon Richardson was supposed mm-hmm. to be great. We took Mingo was supposed to be an elite pass. Sharif Floyd, Sharif Floyd, Minnesota down there. I mean, Tavia. I mean, the Rams wanted to trade up to get Walker, the receiver. And everybody listening is like, who the hell are they naming? These are all guys who were talked about as consensus top guys. Go back in that and draft. go back and read all the reports on. Yeah. The, I mean, you know, read the reports on that draft. There wasn't a dominant defensive tackle in the draft. I mean, the first pick overall, Eric Fisher was a good player. He was not an elite left tackle. Luke Jokel. Luke Jokel, right? I mean, so there was a lot of a lot of problems in that draft that really, you know, and, and teams, you, you can only, as Parcell says all the time, you can only take what they give us. Yeah, no, it, it's a really interesting draft here. And I think if we be, are to believe the betting market, <clears throat> excuse me, Young is going to go one. Anderson's look like he's going to go too. I mean, by the second, he, every time we refresh, he has uh, more, more odds Levis on favorite. Going. You think Levis, I think is, still Levis too? is going too? I, that's what I was told this morning. So I, you're I pushing back. I don't know, but I, I've been in this business long enough to know that the betting market kind of dictates it. I mean, remember, you know, Trey Lance's numbers were moving up on draft day too. They were, yeah, and he ended up going because the market was heavily so Tennessee's, betting third overall. Tennessee's talked about going up the. And that's what I want to ask you about. Yeah. Can the Cardinals move out of there? I think the Cardinals want to move out of there. What would Tennessee be willing to pay? Remember about Tennessee, they did nothing with Ryan Tannehill's contract. So they're sitting on $27 million of paragraph five. So what that tells you is they they didn't want to have any more cap charges on Tannehill. Do I think they trade up? Interesting. They don't want Trey Lance if they try to trade up. There is talk that Derrick Henry's available. I don't know what it would take to get him. But to me, when you go down that Derrick Henry road, you're committing to that offense. You know, you're committing that. What would what would Buffalo look like if they had Derrick Henry? A lot tougher. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if Buffalo trades for Henry and Hopkins, and put Hopkins in the slot. You're gonna get Bills Mafia excited. <laughs> I mean, those two players would would immediately give Josh Allen some. I mean, they need a slot receiver. There's no question they do. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie two years ago when he played well was good. Three years ago, Cole Beasley played well. They it helped their offense. They they didn't have a slot this year. They bring Cole Beasley back. McKenzie, I don't know what happened to him. He yeah. kind of fell off a cliff. He was mm-hmm. a good player at one time. You put. I mean, you can get Hopkins. Now the the hold up on Hopkins from people I've talked to is the the Beckham contract. Like he's like okay, like I'm better than Beckham. Like you know, people want me to take less than Beckham. I don't know what the compensation would be for Hopkins. I can't imagine it's. I would say it's probably a late 
Friday pick, maybe a Saturday, early mm-hmm. Saturday pick, I would say that would be it. But you got to get the contract worked out. But if anybody wanted to offer that, wouldn't they have offered that by now? No, but I think, you know, we know this, Femi. Draft day always changes things. And, you know, yeah. there's always a little bit more voice of reason on draft day. But I'm just throwing that out there. Like, yeah. so for Tennessee, they clearly don't want Trey Lance. If Houston takes Will Levis at two, they don't want Trey Lance. Who wants Trey Lance? John Lynch. Does he? He must. I mean, they put out that advertisement a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but ago. then they backed off of it. They, re- they removed their fi- 1-800 number. They took it down. <laughs> he did reference the 1-800 number. He, I think he listens. What's up, John Lynch? <laughs> I'm glad he listens. Make sure you, I mean, said, make sure you, you rate, know, rate and review. I mean, I, th- I think to me, you know, the one thing about this, this is, every don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we all don't have all the answers. I don't have them all. And, you know, people get mad if I say something bad about their team. I mean, like... You know, that's that's just what this is. I mean, say something. We all make mistakes. You know, we've all lived through this. You know, it's like we've all gone through these mistakes and we've survived some of them. Some of them cost us our jobs. I mean, people are talking to me about Jalen Carter and I'm like, look, you know, if I pick Warren Sapp in Cleveland and don't listen to Charlie Jackson in the league office, you know, that changes the whole tenor of the league. Now, I can blame Charlie Jackson. That's on me. But, you know, to me, me and Bill both sit there and like, oh, my God, you know. And so I just think to me, you, you, when you live through those mistakes, you got to learn from them. What's more likely, Tennessee trades up to three to take C.J. Stroud or the Cardinals can't find a trade partner and they have to stick and make that pick? I think they have to make the pick. I think if you're Tennessee, you probably can make a good deal. You probably could make a good deal to get up to three. Who's your competition? I mean, Monty's been shopping this pick for six months. I mean, you know, it's like you go to a piano store. There's always a sale at a piano store. Have you ever gone to a piano store that hasn't been put pianos on sale? Like, like nobody pays full price for the piano. Like, it's not like a car. Okay, here's the sticker. This is like, like Monty's been on the, he's a piano store. He's reducing that price. I mean, down, down, down. Desperate, man. I think he wants more picks. I mean, I think he wants more picks, and I think he's probably saying to himself, okay, if I get this deal, I don't get Paris Johnson, but I get these three players. They are desperate. I mean, they put out that, they didn't tweet it out, but they had somebody tweet it out for them that they had six teams calling to move up to number three. Like, clearly that was a, hey, man, please call us. Like, we want out another of Another advertisement. I yeah, mean, another the infomercial. Yeah. No, but I mean, the, fact that, the fact that Houston isn't engaged in Lance the fact that Tennessee isn't engaged in Lance makes you wonder what is what they don't clear those two teams watch Lance. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about Lance? Nothing good. Nothing good. Nothing good. Now, you're a good. I mean, you're not as good as Oscar Goodman, but you can defend a lot of people now. I mean, <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting. Yeah, there. <laughs> I mean, you should. You really need to spend some time with Oscar. <laughs> Because he'll help you defend all these cases you have I'm in sure. your bag. Well, we'll get to the cases after the draft here, because you know me and my guy Justin Fields. But oh. before we take our quick break, though, Will Levis, the talk about him going to the Colts at four, are we sure the Colts like Levis, or do the Colts maybe like another quarterback? Because there's I, stuff about maybe CJ Stroud. I don't know how many times. Like, I'm not sure of anything. Man. I'm not sure of anything. I'm sure that you're going to cry a lot on this cry. draft because of the, 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 the stories that are going to come. It's very sentimental. The crying's going to happen on this. the coverage of the show. Oh, it's so sad. They're going to pull out my heartstrings? Yeah, they're going to float with your heartstrings. Well, we'll have the napkins from the hot dogs <laughs> as well. We'll talk some more draft on the other side. You're listening.
listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. All right, it's the morning of the draft. We're trying to make sense of all of this stuff. The betting <laughs> markets are really moving and shifting around. Number three overall, the favorite right now is C.J. Stroud, plus 150. I think the market is is anticipating some a sort trade. of a trade there. Yeah. Tennessee, or maybe whomever. I mean, Monty's been working on it, so there's got to be – and could it be yeah. Tennessee? I mean, who else would trade up? Right, yeah. if you're Monty, right, where, where, where would you want to go and still get a good player in this draft? You can't go down to Tampa. That's a long way to yeah, go, unless Tampa's going to give you a boatload of picks. And I can't imagine in Tampa's – cap situation as they move forward that they're willing to to go all in on a quarterback and give up a bunch of assets maybe they could can they feel like this could save our jobs next year we get a good quarterback in here i don't think that works either what if you're chris ballard and you move up one spot and your money you, all you got to do is go down to four you can still get a good player at four so I, I think if you're chris ballard you're saying look i'll take whoever's left to me i don't really love anybody i'll take richardson and we'll run the six back offense i'll take levis and we'll do what we do i'll take stroud I mean, he's going to get one of those three if he wants to pick them. Now, we have never seen four quarterbacks go in the first four picks. And certainly, and certainly, these four quarterbacks are not worthy of that. If Todd Blackledge and Jim Kelly and and then Blackledge didn't play, but if John Elway, if Danny Marino went in the 20s, I mean, this is not the, an elite quarterback draft. Let's make no – I mean, we're, everybody has concerns about everyone, including Bryce's height. So I find it hard that the first – team that would draft four that this draft goes four in a row would be the first in the history to me it would be a a really good i don't want to call it a document a 30 for 30 of the power and the influence of social media on team straight drafting i think that would be the story that would be the narrative come out of the draft the impact of how team how the social media is driving and internally in buildings and how that's affecting teams decision making and how these owners have so much money that when it doesn't work, they'll just fire everybody and start all over again. Because in the day when I started in the league, and I don't want to sound like an old guy, but when I the, the salary cap, there wasn't a cap. TV revenue was $16 million. You know, owners were not buying yachts back then, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, now it's like, okay, we'll take a shot. And if this doesn't work, I'll fire you. I'll bring somebody else in. I mean, the money, so it's really like almost, a, it's almost like a, a Harvard undergraduate student should write their doctorate on this. The impact of social media, the owner's wealth, all these three things coming together to create a false market. And you think that's what's happening in Houston, maybe? I think it's happening all over the league. Because if four quarterbacks go one, two, three, four, that's clearly, it's not, that's not by chance. Because there's no way that you can say they're all clean. The idea of a draft going back to when Burt Bell first started the draft, was to draft players that were clean. Draft players that fit the size-speed requirement that didn't have any fault. I mean, think about this. this. We might have four players drafted, four quarterbacks drafted in the first round, and Jim Brown went seventh overall. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, think about that. Now, now here's where I will push back, though, a little bit. because Of course you will. You know, because I mean, we're going to have a healthy discussion. Other players can 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 fail as well, not just the quarterback. Right now, I, I get that the the ramifications of a quarterback being a failure is bigger than sure a pass is. rusher or whatever. But just because you draft a pass rusher doesn't mean you're going to get a 10, 12 sack guy every year. But you're going to get somebody's going to play. He's not going to be a complete liability. He may not be as good as you hoped he was, but you you could play him. I mean, if you draft Wilson or if you draft you, he may not be Bruce Smith, but he could be good enough. 
you know, if you draft Johnson, he's going to start at left tackle. Is he Anthony Munoz? No, but he's going to be a starting left tackle. You know, is he that going to be good enough? Prop? Would you pick up the fifth year? It's really expensive. I doubt it, but at least you're going to get four years of 1,200 plays out of him. You take these quarterbacks, you may not get 1,200. I mean, how many career plays has Josh Rosen had? Not a whole lot. Or how about Zach Wilson, who went two overall a couple years ago? I mean, so, and Darnold's on his third team. You know, and so we've seen all these guys that have gone in the draft. I mean, again, I don't understand the logic behind why wouldn't you just go down there and sign Lamar. Again, it comes back to there's a quarterback out there. And he's better than all these guys. And you're going to use a fourth pick overall. You're going to guarantee about $29 million for a four for a quarterback, and you have no idea what you're getting. You have no idea. No. You see that little report out that San Francisco was interested in Lamar? Like, I think Lamar in San Francisco would be a five-run homer. Yeah, that, that's not fair. I think that would be unbelievable. That's not, that's not fair. We, we, we can't have that happen. I mean, that would be <laughs> Kyle Shanahan with Lamar. All, yeah, no, everything Kyle does in his offense fits Lamar. Throw the ball in the middle of the field. Throw the ball quick. Get it out. Play action pass. Under center, boot, snake, everything that he does in his offense fits Lamar to a T. Yeah. No, we, we, we can't have Kyle Shanahan with Lamar Jackson. As a fan of a team that's in the NFC, we can't have that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that'd be, that would be way too unfair. Let's talk about the fifth pick, though, because I'm looking at this right now at DraftKings. Jalen Carter, minus 250. And, and we're not really a, a betting show. We talk about the odds, but I'm really just setting the table to let people know what the markets are doing because I think that can give us some sort of a direction. Not... The, the, the complete direction. This is not a roadmap, but maybe it'll give us a little bit of a clarity here. Jalen Carter, the Georgia defensive tackle, is at minus 250 to go fifth overall. Right now, that pick is held by the Seattle Seahawks. Are you hearing that the Seahawks are good with all of the character stuff that comes along with Carter? I'm not, I, but I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I don't know if that's true. It's easy to say. You can just say, if somebody says, you guys are interested in the Carter? Well, we're really worried about the character. It doesn't say you're not interested, but you're worried about it. That's that, mm. that's kind of a like to me. It makes a lot of sense for Seattle. If you want to close the gap on San Francisco, you need a blue chip, another blue chip defensive lineman to go with Jones, who you just signed. This guy's legitimate, and, and this nonsense that he's, you know, like look, the, the off the field stuff. You got to get your wraps around. I mean, the incident with the young lady passing mm-hmm. away and, the, and his teammate. I mean, that's serious stuff. Very. The other stuff, the weight gain, the the inconsistencies in terms of what he does, that's pretty typical of defensive linemen. I mean, they're, they're not all saints in the city here. You know, they're, they're hard to deal with. And this kid has, you know, the ability to want to be a good player, which I think makes a huge difference. You know, I think one thing about players is you can change, you can't change competitiveness. You can change work habits. Mm. But what coaches fall in love with is work habits and they don't understand why a guy doesn't play good on Sunday because he's really not competitive. And they keep digging that hole deeper and deeper with that player. When, look, if Carter, if, if there's somebody on that team in Seattle that can manage Carter and lead Carter, you, you're going to have to have a support plan built for this guy. But when you watch him on tape, who's blocking him? I mean, when you look at Kansas City's breakdown of the roster, they've been very good at taking marginal character guys and managing them. I mean, they take Frank Clark from Seattle. Mm-hmm. That was a, and everybody was worried about that. Yep. Chris Jones, the only reason that big man is in the second round is because of everybody was nervous about the character. Chris Jones in this draft, based on his Mississippi State tape, should be a top three pick. 
but they manage Chris Jones. Now, I don't know the level of problems that Chris might mm-hmm. give them off the field. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, but that's why you have support people. I mean, it goes beyond that Tyreek Hill character yeah. stuff. Nobody, nobody was taking, I mean, other than I think the Raiders with Reggie McKenzie, they were taking him. I mean, Travis Kelsey, he was suspended a year at Cincinnati. Uh, there you go. See, and they, <laughs> like and, they and, and so what they've done is don't think this isn't, don't think this isn't con- a concerted effort. Candy knows that his value of getting players where he's picking is so low. He's got to take risk. Mm-hmm. But what Andy does better than most is once he gets him in his building, he manages risk. Now, he got tired of Tyreek and he shipped him out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and he'll get, he got tired of Frank Clark and he'll ship him out. But for the most part, they manage the problems that get into the building. You, you just can't look. We're, we, we can't, we're not going to find 22 choir boys. It's hard. Yeah. I'm not saying to take a bad, I'm all about culture. But part of culture is how do we develop the player with our culture? We can't expect every player to be adherent to our culture. We got to teach them our culture. We got to apply to the culture. That's a challenge. That's why you have all these support staff. We got player development coaches. Well, what? Let me ask you: Like, what good is having a player development coach if you only give them guys that that, that have great character? Why do we need them? Yeah. What are we paying you for? What are we paying you for? <laughs> I mean, it's like Bobby Kennedy. Like when he told John Kennedy, "Look, John, look, Jack. The only reason I you got the, these problems are hard is because I solved the easy ones, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that." You got to handle the hard problems. That's your job. It, you know, it's not easy, but we got to figure out a way to do it. You wrote a column for vison.com about draft whispers the night before. And I want to bring up some of these here because you talked about the Detroit Lions and how they're kind of locked in on two guys. Who are those two defenders that I you think, think could go to the well, I mean, again, this is what the word around it's Witherspoon. Yeah. Which makes sense at corner, mm-hmm. and, and he's been mocked to them throughout this process, right? Which like. doesn't, which makes you worry, right? A little bit, a little bit. So, and then it's you know, could it be Carter? I mean, I think I think Carter knew at a certain point that his drop drop spot was Philly at ten, a little bit like the NBA. You know, when the NBA in the draft, the NBA comes out and says, you know, we're, uh, you know, I guarantee you, we'll pick you at no later. I think he got that guarantee from a team, so he knows that. Uh, you know, I, I think to me, Carter kind of knows he's going in the top 10. Could he go to Seattle? Could he go to Detroit? He's certainly worthy of those picks. Again, what's the plan when you get him in the building? And he visited both the Seahawks and the Detroit Lions there. And, and the Raiders. And the Raiders. He did as well. Yeah. Raider, I, I don't think he did. He might have done the Colts. I don't know if he did the Colts, but, you know, and remember, teams keep track of all these visits too. So they know who's come in the building. Mm-hmm. And they can know which teams are, are interested. If you're Philadelphia... If he gets by number five or gets by number six, maybe you move up. I mean, I would think Philly would because I think Philly, to me, can all those picks make Philly's team? But that's A. And B, could you add a blue chip player to that defensive front? You know, I think Philly would be really smart to do that. Let me just one second. I want to check on Detroit here. Because the Lions, where they sit right now, they're trying to do that hard thing of going from good to great that we always talk about. And they have a lot of ammunition. I've kicked around maybe quarterback. Clearly, doesn't sound like they're going to go with a quarterback there because yeah, no, they brought in, they brought in the, the, the Fresno State kid. They brought Hooker yeah. in. They worked out Martinez, who's probably going back for his twenty seventh year at Kansas State. <laughs> and they did Stroud. So they brought those four guys in. And then when you look at him, they did not bring Carter in. I don't see his name on oh, the list. Oh, they did. They did oh. not bring Carter in. Okay. Well, maybe that's a trade partner for Philadelphia if Carter gets by Seattle. 
Yeah, I mean, I think to me, maybe they just know Carter. They went and saw Carter. See, you can't you can't go by this. You got to say maybe they went that's to. Fair. I mean, they need him. The depth chart says they need him. No, that's definitely fair. We'll talk about some more draft whispers, and we'll also, I mean, we all know Jets fans. We're excited for you guys. We know you're excited. We're going to get to Aaron Rodgers, but it's draft day. We got to talk about the whispers and what's going to happen later on tonight. But we will get to the new QB in the Meadowlands. You got to show him around Jersey, Michael, when you get back there. <laughs> you and Aaron Rodgers. We'll see if you can uh, work that on out here. But we're going to take another break. Oh, this is the GM. Shuffle presented by DraftKings and Visa. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Visa. Here is Femi Abebefe. Let's talk some more NFL draft here, Michael Lombardi, because this is going to be a really, really fun day later on this evening. Yeah. 31 first round picks. And yep. Once again, you wrote that column at vsin.com about your draft day whispers, things that you were hearing from others in the league. And at Chicago, the Bears, who were the original holders of the number one overall pick, moved down to number nine, making that trade with the Carolina Panthers. What might they do in the back half of this top 10? I mean, look, they, the quarterback's been sacked 91 times. They got to get some kind of, they draft, they got DJ Moore, Claypool. I mean, they got to get some way to protect the quarterback. They Mm got to rebuild this offensive line. It's been a disaster. So, I mean, I think this is where offensive linemen, depending on where Paris Johnson goes, I think this is where the offensive lineman run starts here. And I think if you're Jacksonville, if you're Trent Baalke, with the news you just received today, he probably knew about it two days ago, but you now know that you're going to have to probably, you depending on his board, he might have to try to move up to squeeze himself out of another tackle because if they start going – like we think they might. The Jets are talking about taking one. Luke Van Ness, they could take the defensive rusher at 15. Mm-hmm. So if we start to see offensive linemen go, then I think he's got to try, oh, am I going to get one? Can I get a left tackle to play? Can I get a right tackle to come in here? I think that's the hard question. Another question I want to ask you about a team in the top 10 is the Atlanta Falcons. Are we sure they're not taking the quarterback? I mean, it makes sense for them to take one. I mean, remember this time last year, they thought they had Deshaun Watson. Right, and then mm-hmm. until Jimmy Haslam guaranteed that money on the whole contract, that was the only way Atlanta doesn't have him. So now they have uh, Ritter, you know, and they seem like they like him. I mean, do they? I mean, they like was, him enough to not go after Lamar Jackson. Clearly, I, I don't know. Let me, you know, the thing about them is, you know, they need so much help defensively, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I gotta believe that if they have this opportunity to pick a defensive player. You know, like I don't understand the Bijan Robinson there. They need an outside rusher. They need a wide receiver. They need an inside defensive lineman. You know, they could use an offensive tackle. You know, now here's who they had in. They've had Levis, Richardson, and Stroud in. Nobody's talking about them about taking the quarterback. It's it's a little quiet on that front with Atlanta. Yeah, but they also have had defensive lineman in miles murphy who i think is probably higher rated than most people think he is mm. in fact i saw in one mock he was the mock to atlanta which makes sense because they need an outside rusher so again if atlanta takes murphy okay let's just hypothetically say they take murphy everybody's going to say you could have gotten him a 20 to me that's really poor evaluation because this is a draft where Everybody has different opinion on almost every single player. So don't, I'm, I'm not going to criticize Atlanta if they take Murphy at eight, because I don't really know, you know, they see him that way. I don't know what the other play, how every, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Just because Mel thinks Murphy should go 20 doesn't mean that's right. 
Yeah. The only consensus is within the media. There's no consensus amongst the team. I'm telling you, that is truly a doctoral study is the impact of the counterbalance of the media pers- d- determining this draft. You know, I know Cade Massey, I got to listen to the podcast on the draft, but I think the impact of that, the owner's reaction to that, and, and then the pressure that the teams feel and the owner's wealth is all driving this quarterback market. You said Miles Murphy might go earlier than people expect. Who else might go earlier than folks? I, I wrote in there, I think to me, the Banks kid from Maryland's a good player. I think people like him. You know, Washington's, he's, his, you know, a lot of people think maybe Washington. Forbes is a really good player, the corner from Mississippi State. Skinny. He's just 166 pounds, yeah, you know? You know, and that's a hard thing to live with, right? It's hard. When you can't balance your defense at corner, when you're cor- like Gonzalez, everybody has Gonzalez as a top 10 pick. I don't know if Gonzalez would go in the top 10 because Gonzalez misses way too many tackles. It's hard to take a corner that won't tackle. It's hard to do that. So I think to me, he's a little overvalued. He's a little overvalued. I think to me, the, the, the Harrison, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma, I think he's going to benefit from the run of tackles. Mm. I think that's going to be, that's going to help him because once the tackles start to go, like, for example, let me look at my sheet here. I have, all right, so, you know, 1A is Paris Johnson. 1B would be Darnell Wright, Broderick Jones. And then these other tackles in the second, whether it's Harrison, Jones from Ohio State, and Bergman from Syracuse, they're going to get pushed up. They're going to get pushed up. You know, now Skronsky's going to go and t- Torrance o- o- uh Osiris, yeah, the big kid to transfer from Louisiana Lafayette to Florida. I mean, he's in there, and then these 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 offensive centers, whether it's the Mississippi, whether it's the Minnesota kid or the TCU kid. I mean, they're going to get pushed up too. You know, it's it's it's. I can't wait to see what actually happens with these tackles because you talk about the run that's going to go on them. Which positions that pushes down? I'm I'm assuming it's going to be wide receiver that gets pushed down into the twenties. Maybe if we see the tackles go from seven to 18 in that range. If there's maybe four or five tackles, I get called Jackson Smith and Jigba is a guy that people have talked about. They think the top the Packers 15. are going to pick him at 13. Can you imagine that? Uh, Can you imagine you, the Packers? That? I mean, look, they need a slot receiver. He's a really good slot. Like the Packers are going to be too young. You know, the Packers betting number is lower than the bears. I know. Is that unbelievable? I mean that, you know, the, the, if the effect of Aaron Rodgers on them, there's no certainty of Jordan Love. And then you, of course, Big Daddy, you know, he's, he's now he's on the LaFleur campaign now. You know, I mean, I haven't been back to Jersey in a while. I'll get on this. But, you know, now he's all the pressure's on the floor. All the pressure's on the floor. Well, let's transition to those Green Bay Packers, which it would be absolutely hilarious if they drafted a wide receiver in the first round after years of not doing it when they had Aaron Rodgers. And maybe one last parting gift would be like, Hey, Aaron, we just took a wide receiver, even though you want us to do Big that. Daddy says they'll or, take uh, a corner. That, he he loves corner. it when they take a corner, yeah. Well, we finally got the trade being official. About damn time is, is what yeah. I tweeted when I saw it. I was in the gym working out. And Twitter, I saw, Twitter Femi? Twitter Femi. I was, Twitter I was, Femi, I, was, I, 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 and I said, about damn time, and I put my phone down. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, was, well, we said like, earlier in the day it was 90% it was going to happen. We did say that. And, and, we, and we all said six weeks ago that it was going to happen. And it finally happened. Aaron Rodgers, now officially a member 
of the New York Jets. The Jets in the trade receive, of course, the four-time MVP quarterback. They also get the Packers. They did a little pick swap for this year. So they get number 15. They sent number 13 to Green Bay. They also get a fifth-round pick. Green Bay receives a second-round pick this year, so number 42, in addition to getting number 13 as well for this year, a sixth-round pick. Then they get a conditional second-round pick next year that will become a first-round pick if Rodgers plays in at least 65%. If he doesn't snaps. play in 65, it's a bad trade. And it's a disaster. It's for the a Jets. disaster for the Jets. So yeah. Green Bay is going to have a one next. They're going to have two number ones next year. Now it, there's a good chance it's going to be in the twenties. Mm-hmm. Their pick may be high, but they're they're going to be in the twenties. So you know uh, it, it'll be interesting how Green Bay manages this year. What do they do? How do they handle it? You know how do they? This team really are they good enough with what they have defensively? They need a tight end. They need a wide receiver. They need a safety. I mean, these are things they need. Would they take Michael Mayer at at, at 13, if it, 13? I don't know. Could they? I don't know if I would, but they could. You know, Kincaid's the perceived best tight end in the market, but he's injured. So who knows mm-hmm. where they are medically with him. Uh, and they brought in a bunch of tight ends. So they clearly are looking at tight ends. I was watching the press conference yesterday with Aaron Rodgers out there in, in New York. It, it felt kind of surreal. Like, like they, they, they put the, the tweet out there and he's hugging Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, Woody Johnson. He's doing the press or holding up. Hey, the he jersey. did a hell of a thing for that team now. He did. He moving that roster bonus into 2024. He did. Think about that. He's excited to be there. I mean, 1.2 million on their cap is all it's charging them. I mean, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a of a of a favor to him. Now, does he get that 58 million next year? I would think he would. I mean, he's not walking away from 58 unless it's guaranteed. I haven't seen the contract when it's redone. You sure about that? Is there a chance that we're right back here to the same scenario with what's Rodgers going to do next year? I mean, why would you walk away from 58 million? I wouldn't. That's for damn sure. I'd play. I wouldn't either. I'd play. Even if I was playing like crap, I'd still play out there and take my money. Some guys are. Some guys definitely are. But uh, we'll have a lot of time to break down Rodgers and the Jets after the draft and all that stuff and what happens, I, I think they're obviously set up to have a really good season here do you with think, that uh, defense. Do you think Dalvin Cook gets traded? I think they want to trade him, but is there anybody out there that's going to want to trade for an older running back who's been injury prone? That's a good question. I mean, they're, they're backs that are available. I mean, Hopkins, I think, gets traded. I really do. Today. I think either today or tomorrow. Or, yeah, maybe tomorrow. I mean, they're looking for a Saturday, late Friday, Saturday pick. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, a lot of it's the contract, too. So um, Hopkins? Hopkins, I think. Cook. Cook Derek Henry. Who Henry could be available. Yeah. I mean, I think every player. Chase Young? I can't imagine that. But it could be. They didn't pick up that fifth-year option. Right. I mean, he hasn't played great. I mean, let's be clear. He hasn't played great. I mean, have you watched him? No, he's been hurt. I know. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't he, played great. He was defensive rookie of the year, you know? Yeah, I know. But even then, when he, I mean, that, that's a little bit overblown, I thought. You know, I thought he ran up the field a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wasn't like... I'd like take a flyer on him. Of course you would. You, you're the greatest. You're the Will Rogers of taking flyers. You love it. I mean... It's a futures bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you think they can give him away for a fourth? No. <laughs> Come on, Femi. What's required? I mean, you just talked about how he's not playing great. What if he ain't going to get a first-round pick? Well, but I mean, he's still a good player. It's not that he's not to the level that you anticipated him coming to. That's what yeah. I, my point is. It's going to be interesting. Five years from now, how many of these how many of these players in this draft get their fifth year option picked up? I would mm-hmm. say less than a third. Uh, C.D. Lamb got his option picked up, Dallas Cowboys. So 
We got that. I think the him. Cowboys do a really good job of drafting. They I do. think I think Will McClay's really good at his job. I think he does We're a really good him. job. Gotta, gotta well, I mean, have, I think yeah. they'll keep him. My Jerry, yeah. the one thing Jerry can do is pay him. Yeah, we don't want anybody poaching Will McClay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm shocked Will McClay hasn't gotten a job. He's Same. really good. They get do a good job in later rounds. Their board's really good. They don't panic, you know. And Jerry's the, the you know, Jerry's the the front guy, but the the guy driving the machine is Will and the scouts there. They do a really good job. They have a system, mm-hmm. which is important. You know, it goes back to Gilbrand. And it's a little bit, I don't know where Gilbrand is health-wise right now. Uh, I hope he's okay. I haven't heard from him in a while. I've called him. I haven't gotten a call back. But I hope he's okay. But these are always kind of days to remember some of the great, great people that have made this league. Bucko Kilroy, Gilbrand, made the scouting profession. The great Monsignor Mike Hollaback, who I write about in my next book, about how great Mike was and how that team he built in Houston that unfortunately was one of the greatest teams never to win. Uh, you know, the, the guys that really made the scouting, the, the grading system, that developed it, that taught it, the Dick Mansburgers, the Dick Steinbergs, the, these guys that really, Ron Wolf, you know, these guys really took a lot of pride in their craft. And it was always about the verbiage of the grade. I mean, today's a day to honor them. Yeah, it's a fun day, and it's why we have this draft. It should be. And, it should be. Like, today should be, yeah. you know, the Al Davis day. I mean, because... Let's be clear. Al loved personnel, and nobody nobody was like Al when it came to personnel. How to figure out players, how to understand players, especially during the 60s and the 70s, and even into the 80s. Now, you know, as it got later in his life, then the game changed a lot. It became harder for him. But to me, remarkable that, you know, his ability, and he could never, I wrote about this too, he could never conquer the drug culture. He always could take guys that were kind of rowdy, the you know the Lyle Alzados and all those kind of guys, but once it crossed over into cocaine and it became a society problem and drugs, that really changed him the ability to, to kind of buy players at discounts. Mm. Well, I can't wait to read about it in your book, Football Done Right. That's coming out later this fall, September. Yeah. Before we get out of here, though, do you have a draft day prediction? A pred- something that you feel confident in? That's not Bryce Young going to Carolina. I think Will. I think Will Levis is going to to Houston. Ooh, okay. I do, but again, you know, I'm a, that's a guess, but I mean, I, like I said, I talked to a bunch of people yesterday and they, they, shockingly to me, they said the quarterbacks are going to go. I don't believe it. I mean, I think some of the teams in the teams are praying that it goes Mm because it means one, four players move down to them, but I can't see it. But hey, it, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Most definitely. Whoever goes where, I don't want to hear about, they, they reached. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear it. Like, it's not fair to the teams. Yeah. Because this is a draft that is all reaches. My prediction, Michael. Yeah. After four years of having zero trades inside the top 10 on draft day, we don't get one, we get two. Oh, there you go. Two trades. It'll be exciting. I think we might get one before the draft starts. How's that? You got something to report? No, but I think Arizona, if they can make a deal, they're going to make it. I mean, Monty's been trying. He's been selling it. He's, He's the piano store. He's discounting it every day. Discount, you know, pianos now, you know, you get a Steinway, was $5,000, now it's down to 2500 you know? Before the, you know it, they'll be paying you for the Steinway. By the Tell me you've ever pay. gone to a piano store was there a sale sign in front of the window. I've never gone to a piano store in my life. But you've walked by some. I've seen some, yeah. But there's always a sale sign there in the is, window. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's happening in the top Mar- five. Mark it down to 49 yeah, That's what's happening in the top five. 
All well, right. We'll see you tomorrow, my man. Yeah, maybe you'll get the third I'll see you tonight, right? I'll see you tonight. I will see you Hot tonight. Hot dogs are on me. Hot, Hot dogs, dogs on, on the house. Hot dogs on the house. <laughs> like, I'm going to hold you to that, all right? I, I got no problem. Hot I'm dogs on the house. You. Okay. Hot now is not the, the time not to say. Remember that, Femi. <laughs> I will remember that. Also, remember this. We will have a podcast tomorrow. So tomorrow, Friday morning, to recap everything from the first round. So you're getting this one here Thursday to preview, and we're going to recap and everything. And we're not going to say that any team reached. No, that will not be no, something not that we say, that. say in our analysis over the 31 picks that we see in the no, first round. But it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I can't wait to do it. DraftKings Network is where you can check us out. I can't wait. Tonight, Emerson, right? my man Emerson. Emerson, yeah, you're going to get to talk to him. Okay, get you know? a chance to talk to him. It'll be great. He's we'll gonna, have a good time. He's going to be prying that Patriots info from you. Those yeah. folks in Boston, they're really, really interested in what's going to happen with New England. But we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to VEASAN. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Thank you to you, Michael. I will see you later this evening. We're going to pick some players, buddy. You bet. Let's do it. <laughs>